Hello, Filled With Messages friend. Thanks so much for joining me today. I'm Ruth Farrell, and amongst other things, I'm the lead pastor of St. Peter United Church of Christ in Lake Zurich, Illinois. Mama Cockroach, I Love You, a poem by Fiona Benson. You may be wondering, rightly so, if I really am going to read a poem espousing Mama Cockroaches. The answer is a resounding no. I barely made it through listening to the poem when it popped up on a favorite podcast. I don't think I could make it through reading it without needing to excuse myself quickly. In the poem, Fiona Benson plays with our cockroach disgust. She uses words and metaphors intended to gross us out. She tries to provoke our sense of outrage. At the same time, she asks us to open our eyes to a new way of seeing these beings we revile. She helps us find a new perspective on these living creatures we think of as abominable. She invites us to dig deep and find compassion and commonality for these insects made by God. Similarly, in today's scripture passage, Jesus asks, helps, and invites us to see the world in new ways. Hear these words from Luke's Gospel, chapter 6, verses 20 to 38. Looking at the disciples, Jesus said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you and insult you and reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, because great is your reward in heaven for that is how they treated the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, who you, for you have already received your comfort. Woe to you who are well-fed now, for you will go hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when everyone speaks well of you, for that is how their ancestors treated the false prophets. But I say to you who are listening, love your enemies, Do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. If someone slaps you on one cheek, turn to them the other also. If someone takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt from them. Give to anyone who asks you. And if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High, Because God is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful just as your father is merciful. Do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Will you pray with me? Holy Spirit, open our hearts, our minds, our bodies to hear you speaking to us words of life and hope and direction and wisdom. 
May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts, may they be acceptable in your eyes, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Close your eyes and imagine yourself with Jesus the day he first spoke these words. It had been a long day before he began teaching. There were lots of people clamoring around. Some were hoping he would heal them physically or mentally. Others were trying to touch him because even just a touch of his clothes was enough to change lives. What did it smell like with all those people around? What did it feel like? Which person are you? Are you one of, are you Jesus, one of the disciples? Someone desperate to be healed? A kid pulled along by their parents, bored out of the, their skulls, just wanting to go home and play their PSP? Oh, oh yeah, wait, those didn't exist yet. What do you need from Jesus? Healing? A kind word? Inspiration? Hope? Direction for your life? If your eyes are closed, go ahead and gently bat them open now. Imagining ourselves in scripture can be a very powerful way to explore what's going on in our inner world and hear God's love, compassion, and direction for us. I'd invite you to try it on your own sometime. There's no right or wrong way to do it. Let your imagination go wild and see what happens. Imagining ourselves in scripture can be particularly helpful when we are very, very familiar with a passage. When we've heard a million sermons and read thousands of devotionals on a text, our interaction with it can become dull. Keeping it alive through trying new to us ways of exploring scripture can be a gift to open us to the Holy Spirit, who is still making the Bible come alive today. After a busy day meeting and healing people, Jesus turned to his disciples and began teaching them. I suspect that at the end of such a long day, the disciples just wanted a good, easy bedtime story to send them peacefully off to sleep. But Jesus had other plans. One of Jesus' main purposes when he came here to earth the first time was to help people see the world the way God sees it. When we think of ourselves as all that in a bag of chips— Jesus invites us to serve others with humility. When we think of ourselves as wretches in need of saving, Jesus reminds us that we are God's beloved child just the way we are right now. When we look at this world and start feeling hopeless about its future, Jesus invites us to trust that God is already at work, but not yet done, bringing his kingdom here to earth as it already is in heaven. In today's scripture passage, Jesus offers us new lenses for several of the ways we experience the world. Firstly, Jesus helps us to see ourselves and our circumstances in a different light. When we are suffering, we are blessed. Jesus is not modeling toxic positivity here. He's not saying, rejoice that you're having a really bad day, week, month, decade, life. Neither is he saying that suffering is a blessing. He's not saying those things because it would be ridiculous to do so. Instead, the new lens through which Jesus is inviting us to look is to see that when we are in pain, God has not removed his blessing from our lives. When we're struggling, especially when the pain is deep and long-lasting, it is human to question if God still cares. 
Let me say that again. It is completely normal to wonder God is when we or others we love are suffering. You are not a bad Christian or person if you ask these questions. You have not lost your faith if you are doubting. God does not get mad at you if you scream at him from the depths of your pain. God can handle it and will keep blessing you through it even if you cannot see the blessings at the time. That's what Jesus wanted us to know when he said, Blessed are you who suffer. Conversely, when things are going well, Jesus invites us to be cautious. In our English Bibles, the word Jesus uses in these verses is normally translated woe, W-O-E. But I think it's more helpful if we read it as woe, W-H-O-A. When we read these woe verses, they can feel a little bit like, you better watch out, you better not cry, you better not pout, I'm telling you why God is gonna knock you off that pedestal. (laughs) But that's not what Jesus is saying. What he's inviting us into through these admonitions is a life full of grace. Sometimes when life is going really well for us, we can become a little self-centered. We can forget that others might be struggling. So Jesus invites us to be full of grace when we have more than we need, to be full of grace when life is going well, to be full of grace because at some point we may need grace ourselves, to be full of grace because when we are full of grace, we are like God. Trusting God is still blessing us when we're going through a season of suffering and learning to be gracious when life is going well for us. Both of those upside-down ways of seeing the world are challenging. But Jesus is only getting started. Love your enemies. Do good to those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. I want to be crystal clear. Jesus is not asking us to ignore or put up with abusive behavior. Jesus did not do so, and neither does he ask you or me to do so. We can love our enemies from afar. We can do good to those who curse us while not agreeing with their rhetoric. We can pray for those who mistreat us while also asking God to help to keep us safe and help us find people who can help us heal the wounds the mistreatment has caused us. If you are in a relationship or any situation where you are being hurt or abused, get out If you need help doing so, please reach out to me or someone else safe. Under no circumstances does our merciful God who loves you beyond your wildest imagination want you to stay somewhere where you are being harmed. All too easily, we can begin to hate those who feel like enemies. All too easily, we can curse people when they curse us. All too easily, we think praying for those who mistreat us means we should ask God to teach them a lesson on our behalf. Not really what Jesus had in mind when he said those words. Jesus knew that there was more than enough hating, cursing, and smiting to go around in this world. And he knew all of those things were not going to make earth more like heaven. So he asked us to put on the lenses of love, to be and pray for the change we want to see in this world. Recently, it was All Saints Day. In my faith tradition, saints aren't people who are perfect or super religious or exceptionally holy or perform miracles. 
In my branch of the Christian family tree, we believe saints are all of us who, as Jesus said towards the end of today's passage, try to be compassionate like God is compassionate. Try not to be judged because we know we ourselves are not perfect. People who forgive because we receive forgiveness and who try to give generously to others because we've received generosity. To be sure, it's a tall order, but God does not expect us to be perfect. Rather, he invites us to a life of progressing towards being more like Jesus every day. It's really hard some days to see the world through the lens of love, but may we learn to see the world through Jesus's eyes And may that help us love cockroaches, be they the literal bugs or the people who bug us. Thank you so much for joining me today, friend. As you go from here, may you try to see your life and your circumstances through God's eyes. And may you try to see the world and especially the people and situations that bug you through Christ's eyes. Grace and peace to you, my friends. I'll speak to you soon. Goodbye.